Today's episode of Down with Joe DeRosa is being brought to you by Ben Bailey. Hi, I'm Ben Bailey, and I'm bringing you this. Welcome to the show, everybody. Down with Joe DeRosa, the podcast where we do one topic with one guest for one hour. Let's get some quick plugs out of the way. December, I'm coming your way if you live in the south, east, south-ish part of this country. Check JoeDeRosaComedy.com for dates and details, but I'm going to be going all through that Atlanta, Mississippi region over there. And uh, the new album, uh, mistakes were made. The B sides is out now. Uh, please buy it. Thank you to everybody that has been buying it, but continue to buy it if you don't have it. And if you like it, leave a nice review. Uh, and if you don't, shut the fuck up. Uh, all right. Today, we're talking about rage, as in fits of, as in against the machine, as in blind with anger. We all have rage, and we all have things we'd like to direct it to at the right time and in the right place. However, things aren't always as easy as that when it comes to rage, are they? Whether it's Alec Baldwin shoving a paparazzi, Tommy Lasorda screaming at an empire over a bad call, or your dad punching a hole in the wall while he fights with your mom, or maybe it's you screaming in traffic, rage is just one of those things that tends to get the best of us while bringing out the worst in us. We go now to the internet to read a passage on this subject that I found very interesting. Rage is a feeling of intense, violent, or growing anger. It is associated with the fight or flight response, and often activated in response to an external cue, such as a murder of a loved one or some other kind of serious offense. The phrase thrown into a fit of rage expresses the immediate nature of rage that occurs before deliberation. If left unchecked, rage may lead to violence. Depression and anxiety lead to an increased susceptibility to rage, and there are modern treatments for this emotional pattern. Okay, a couple of things. First off, uh, rage is just part of our human makeup. It's it's one of the basic parts of us. How do I know that? Because it's said in that thing I just read that it's often associated with the flight or fight mentality. And that mentality is one we often ignore. Why? Because we associate it with primitive animal instinct. And, and despite the fact that we've developed fascinating technology, amazing means for travel, cures for diseases, and an endless stream of big-titted entertainment, our primitive brain is still very alive and well. Believe it or not, part of your brain still doesn't realize that we no longer live in the jungle or a forest and that we no longer need to constantly worry about a wild animal leaping out of a bush or a tree to bite our throats out. So that means there's part of you that wants to react and in like a caveman fashion to certain events. Here enters rage. It's also said uh, in that passage uh, that rage occurs before deliberation. And anybody that's ever experienced it knows nothing could be more true. The last thing going through your mind when you hit a point of extreme anger is a calming, soothing voice that says, relax, stop and think for a moment. Think about the consequences about what you're going to do. And that's why fits of rage often end with you in handcuffs. And that's why we have the TV show Cops. I also want to point out that in the passage, uh, it's stated that anxiety and depression can lead to rage. I say personally, that's been my experience with it. I've never fought a lion in the wilderness, but I have fought anxiety and depression. And just like a lion in the wilderness, anxiety and depression frighten me. 
Hence, they make me afraid, which leads to anger. Hence, they trigger my fight, flight or fight instinct. Now, I do believe, as stated before, if left unchecked, rage can lead to violence. And that's a bad thing. However, just because rage could potentially be bad doesn't mean that we should ignore it. And it also doesn't mean that, oh, God, I fucked this up a little bit, Ben. I just got tripped up in the intro, and this is the first time that I'm, that I'm leaving the mistake in the intro. Oh, I like I it. usually I edit like this it. out. I like it. You seem angry, though. Settle down, dude. I'm just intense. I'm reading <laughs> intensely. Let's take this sentence again. And that's a bad thing, leading to violence. You're with me. I was with you. Rage yeah. can lead to violence, yeah. and that's a bad thing. However, just because rage could potentially be bad doesn't mean that we should ignore it, as we do so many of our uglier, basic human traits. So, as a people, we're at a crossroads. Advanced enough to recognize that we shouldn't act with extreme fury, yet unevolved enough to eliminate to have eliminated rage from our systems. And we may never be. So that means one thing. We need to treat rage with respect and responsibility like a health condition that needs to be tended to instead of shunning and hiding it like an ugly facial scar we're ashamed of. With me to discuss this subject is a dear, dear, dear old friend. Uh, he's one of the funniest stand-up comedians working today. If you don't own one of his comedy albums, I strongly suggest you buy one of them or all of them. Uh, you could also just go to Netflix and stream his hilarious one-hour special, appropriately titled for today's discussion, Road Rage and Accidental Ornithology. He's also well been... Well said, well said, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. He's also been narrating the Discovery Channel's Smash Lab and was uh, the host of Who's Still Standing on NBC. But perhaps he's best known as the award-winning, endearing, and benevolent cab driver from the hit game show <laughs> Cash Cab. Uh, benevolent. Ben Bailey. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Benevolent. I thought that was a good word. That was it. great. Dude. Benevolent. <laughs> How are you, buddy? How can you believe in a benevolent game show host? I don't know. I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good, dude. This is great. This is your podcast, huh? This is it. This is cool. Like you're all business. Thanks, man. You're like, let's let's do this, and then boom, you have this giant intro, uh -huh. well thought out and put together about rage. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to it's kind of making me angry. <laughs> how well prepared you are for this? this no, is... seriously, I, I'm I'm getting about the angry part, but yeah, very well done. Thank Nicely you. Nicely done, man. We just talked about this, like, when? Yesterday. Before, yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was funny because when I, when I have a, I don't always have a guest on. Sometimes it's just me talking for an hour about right. something. But when I this do have a be guest. better than that, though, right? What's that? This will be better than that. Let's hope so, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when I do have a guest, I try to cater the subject matter to something I think that they would be interested in. Sometimes I send people a list and just let them pick the topic or whatever. But when right, we were right. talking... We were reminiscing about funny moments where I've witnessed you <laughs> yell at somebody, and I was like, we have to do rage. Well, I think it started when you greeted me by saying, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Joe, hey, <laughs> you goddamn son of a bitch bastard. Yeah, that was uh, that was our hello. You walked by me. You didn't even see me. <laughs> I didn't see you. I just heard someone yell, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> And I was like, I recognize the friendly tone in that. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> that, mean, was a, that was clearly a greeting of affection. It was absolutely done with affection. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can't go up to Ben and be like, hi, Ben. Hi. Good to see you, pal. Well, it has sure to be. Is, sure is nice to have you out here. <laughs> how's, the, how's the wife? And uh, you know, <laughs> no, fuck you, motherfucker. Now, that sounds like a friend. This is what I find. One of the things I find so interesting about you 
you mm. like to joke like that. I I love joking with you like that. And oh, you're yeah, fun to great. joke yeah, with yeah, like yeah. that. Yet, I've seen people that don't <laughs> know how to joke with you properly cross a line with you. And when they cross your line, you don't you go into I don't take shit. Yeah, mode pretty quickly, which I really like. Oh, thanks, dude. I we I, we were talking about it last night. We were at that party one night drinking in the West oh, Village. Right. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, and that kid kept telling you to shut up because he thought it was funny, and you just like mid conversation just turned to him and you're like, "Dude, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you <laughs> if you do that one more time. I'm gonna beat the shit." And the kid's like, "Come on, man, I'm joking." And you're like, "Dude, listen to me. I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you say that again." <laughs> and he didn't re- say it again. And then he yeah, and then he saw. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me, dude. Like, I mean, people have seen Cash Cab and, and hopefully understand that no one is that nice of a person. <laughs> like, like that's the magic of editing. Like, I, I try to be as nice as I could to everybody that was on the show, but if I lose my temper, like if something really gets me to the point where my temper is has gotten the better of me, right? Then all bets are off like it's not it's not a good place to go really when i was a younger man i thought it was fine to do yeah. that to, to let that happen yeah uh but now it's like that's no one is going to benefit from that mm-hmm. i'm gonna do something that i regret i'm you know probably gonna hurt somebody right maybe get hurt myself right like it's it's doesn't it, it doesn't pay to let that happen but like if you have a bad temper then you don't until you figure it out you don't have the ability to just not go to that point yeah you can be pushed there and by the time you realize that it's too late i remember you've literally lost your temper it's gone you're not in control anymore right right that's fucking scary man that's an adult human man That's a fucking scary proposition. That's interesting. You get old, you have responsibilities. You you think about stuff. Right. I've never heard, I've never thought of the term lost your temper in a literal sense before until you just said it like that. You've lost it. You can't see it anymore. You've lost it. It's it's, It's got you. Yeah. You don't have it. It's got you. Right. What is the, now here, let's start at the beginning. Uh, okay. And by that, I mean where, what, what this is all rooted in, because I relate to you. This is something that the listeners know, but I'm not sure if you know, I relate to you hundred percent in this department. Like I have right. the same exact issue. I have to yeah. wrestle with it. It t- took me forever to get it under some kind of control. I witnessed it in this room tonight. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was aggravated about something earlier, you know, and like, even Joe, let's just have a, <laughs> you're like, no, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I get I get going about something and I can't and it was nothing we're, we won't get into the details of it but it was nothing directed at Ben it, no, was, no, it was something we were yeah, talking yeah. about and I was angry about this thing that happened elsewhere and I couldn't I had to vent it out yeah. but here's the thing man this is the difference at least between me now and between me however many years ago right. now I can go hey dude I'm going to unload in a second which I did say to you, yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. and then I went off, and I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to be negative and shit. Right, right. I'm at least able to put it in those that framework now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't used to be able to. I, I used to just sit there and be like, no, you're gonna fucking tell me yeah, that yeah. I'm fucking wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you want to beat me up, regardless I'm of at you. what the your listeners are kind of doing. Really, it was just like it would just come out. It wasn't like conversational 
like it is now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, so being that we were late uh, on this, when it comes to this rage thing, right? I tell me if I'm wrong. I think you probably get set off by the same thing. Accountability is what sets me off. Lack of respect and lack of accountability are the things that trigger me because you're a nice guy. When you go around being a nice guy and when you know you have a decent heart and at the end of the day, you don't want to hurt people. Right. um, Despite making jokes or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you see somebody, for instance, in the kitchen of a West Village apartment drunkenly telling you to shut up for his own kicks. Right. That really sets you off. That sets that sets people like us off. It doesn't even have to do. It doesn't even have to have to do with me directly. Right. It's like, uh, I don't know, we were sitting around at the cellar one night and we were all talking about it and, and, uh, and somebody was like, what do you do when you're not here? They said to me. And another one of the comics goes, Ben Bailey, he's not here. He's out righting wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it's funny because that's actually very indicative. Like, and what you're talking about, about accountability and respect, it doesn't have to involve me directly. I could watch somebody treat a waiter at a restaurant like shit. Uh-huh. Or watch, you know, watch somebody just do something shitty to another person or expect something way beyond or like just be so completely self-absorbed and self-centered that they have no fucking idea what they're doing to all the people around them. Like, right. That stuff drives me nuts. Yes. But on a say on, on another note, I could get just as angry about my own lack of ability to do some tiny little physical task. Like if I have to pick something up and I keep grabbing at it and I can't fucking pick it up like oh, yeah. four times in a row, I'm like, God damn it. I, just, I start losing my fucking yeah. mind because I can't pick up a fucking bottle cap or, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so I know t- exactly. It's like total opposite ends of the spectrum, human behavior on both ends. But on one of them, it's people not like following any sort of social etiquette or or Dude. human-to-human reasonable interaction. Right. And the other one, it's just me being inept at something. But yeah. it makes me, it brings out that same crazy fucking anger, you know? Yeah. It takes like a second. Yeah. I, 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 I relate so much to both of those things because, like, I had a joke on my one of my CDs about where I go, did you ever, I go, do you ever yell at your computer so much you're worried that your neighbors think you're an abusive husband? <laughs> because I was like, all my neighbors here all day is work, you stupid fucking bitch. Whore, <laughs> God damn it. Right? Right, right? Like, because I can't, I get so wound up when it doesn't work right. Oh, dude, yeah. Or at least I used to. I'm much better with it now. But I'm better too, yeah. Public, seeing somebody act like an asshole. Here's a story for you. Somebody, somebody okay. acting like an asshole in public. Okay, yeah. I was with my mom and dad once. We're going to the, it was about a year ago. We're going to the supermarket in their neighborhood to get food to grill out for dinner for right, summer night. Right, right. We're driving in the parking lot. There's a, there's a truck in front of me in the parking lot. We're in, we're in a lane in a parking lot where literally all you can do is go, go this direction or the other direction. There's no room for anything else to occur in these two lanes or around them other than cars to move in either direction. Right. This car isn't that just a road? Like that's just well, it like was, all the roads. We it? were well, we were. <laughs> there was no. <laughs> just yeah, I know. You, <laughs> I'm like, you just described every road. <laughs> it's there was no. Well, we were. There's no room for any. There was no like walking shoulder. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, okay, I got you. This will yeah, make yeah. sense in a second. So the guy in the truck in front of me stops his truck right. just in the middle of the lane, 
gets out, doesn't even put his flashers on, just gets out and goes into the supermarket to buy beer. <laughs> You're kidding me. With his friend. And they just left the truck. And they just left the truck there. Now parked in the... Exactly. Now... In the road. It's so tight in these lanes of the parking lot that now cars are having to pull out into the opposing lane of traffic. Right. It's a supermarket parking lot. There are literally tiny children everywhere. Right. People are having to back out. It's, dude, it causes all this chaos, right? Not just little children. Tiny children. Tiny like, children. Little, I can't so stress small, that enough. You can, you can hold them in your hands. Tiny. Smaller than that even. <laughs> they were everywhere. Like Tinker, ants. Tinkerbell children running around. So... Right. This what a douche. He just like then just left it there and went inside. Goes inside with his buddy, right? When he could have just as easily let his buddy go in. Exactly. And kept driving. I pull around the or parked truck. Parked his fucking truck like you're supposed exactly. to. Exactly. I pull around the parked truck. I park the car. My mom and dad go, go I go, go ahead. And they go, why? And I go, just go ahead. I'll be in in a minute. I stand by the guy's truck. I just stand there waiting for him. He comes out. This is great, dude. I love it. And I go, I go, hey, dude. He comes out and, and he's me. Dude, <laughs> they were big guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, they're big dudes. So they, they come out and they get into the truck. I, wherever I was standing, I was far enough away that they were able to get into the truck before. I, I wasn't like standing at their truck. I can't remember if them. I, yeah. I might have walked up to the door and then went, fuck this and turned around. But, but they were like, 20 feet up a tree. But I saw them. <laughs> I literally saw them coming out with the beer, strolling and laughing like they were right. a couple of hot shits. Right. They right. get in the truck. I go up to the passenger window and I go. I knock on the window, oh, right? It was good knocking, too. Yeah. He rolls the window down. And the guy goes, yeah, what's up, man? And I go, hey, dude, let me ask you a question. Why the fuck would you park your car here like this? And he goes, what? And I go, why the fuck would you park your car here like this, dude? There's kids everywhere. You block the whole fucking lane. People have to pull in the opposing lane to get around you. Why the fuck would you do that, dude? That was a real shitty move, man. It was really fucking dangerous what you just did, man. And what? Have you, what and he goes, he, he goes, fuck you. Your breath smells, right? Uh-oh. Rolls up the window, peels out. I then chase him across the parking lot because he has to go around the cars but i cut through the right. cars right so and now he's acting like an even more of an asshole he's now i racing cut around the parking lot angry right i cut straight through by the time he's coming around i'm i'm heading his car off like we're gonna meet right and I, i'm screaming i go stop motherfucker right and he's he keeps driving as he passes me i dude i haul back i punch his fucking window as hard as i can nice he stops the car. He goes, dude, what the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> right, and I go, dude, right. you fucking could have gotten somebody hurt. Fuck you, dude. Fucking say you're sorry, motherfucker. Say you're fucking sorry. Wow. Right. And uh, and he goes, he goes, you fucking sit here and you punch my car, you motherfucker. And he went to get out of the truck. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. At that point, I, I started to back off because I was scared because I was like, I got myself in way too deep here. I can't. <laughs> We gotta fight two of these guys. Yeah, <laughs> could yeah. even fight one of them. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, and he he just double parked, and he goes, yeah, and he goes, fuck you, back away. That's right, back down. Right, and I right. was like, fuck you. But you made your point, and he'll so. those guys will think about it next time they're going to park there. Yeah, and then I, they'll yeah, be like, I'm sure they will. Think yeah. that dude is here today? <laughs> that crazy dude that chased us across the parking lot and punched the window. Let's just get it. Dude, just park in a spot just in case. That lunatic is <laughs> here. He's a crazy fucking guy. Does that guy work here? here? <laughs> <laughs>
You're parking patrol, dude. I went inside. I told my mom what I did, and she was like, I'm sick to my stomach that you did that. <laughs> she was so disappointed. You're like, well, I'll get you some ginger ale. <laughs> but like, and I know it was nuts that I did that. I know that was nuts. But like, dude, but, but you're not thinking like you had lost your temper. Right. You probably lost it way before you, the guy actually was out there again. Oh. And by then, you're like foaming at the fucking mouth. Another 10 minutes, and you might have been like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go in. Right. <laughs> but you know, it hadn't been that long. It had been long enough that it got worse. That shit has happened to me forever. Like, I remember so many instances. I used to drive a limousine years ago. Did you wear the hat? I, had a, I wore the hat. Some, I don't know why. time the, to time, I wore the hat and the little suit and all that the shit. The visual you with that hat is really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, looked like a, I looked like a Westie more than I looked like a fucking... <laughs> More than I look like a limousine driver, but uh, hey, um, guys, our frightening limo driver is outside. But so, yeah, but so he's huge and he looks really fucking angry. But so, <laughs> so I had so many instances on the road where I would lose my fucking mind, man. I remember one day I was driving uh, in the town I lived in. It's a little town, and I'm looking for. I, I, I had to park in a parking garage because I live right in the middle of the town, my apartment. So I'm cruising right. along, I'm getting ready to turn into the parking garage. And this kid just walks, it's like 18-year-old kid or 20-year-old kid or something, just walks, he looks at me, he sees me, he looks the other way, he looks back, and then he just walks right in front of me in the road. I'm going like 20. Jesus I have to Christ. slam the brakes on. 20 is not a lot, but fuck, you don't even get hit by a car that's going 20 miles an hour. You're, it's, you're you know, yeah. it's going to fucking hurt a lot. Yeah. And just the balls on the kid to look at me and then be like, yeah, I'm just, I see you, but I'm just going to walk out. So you have to stop. Right. So I, and I'm at the end of a long fucking day at the end of a long fucking week of driving and I'm, I've had it. Right. So I fucking, I have to slam on my fucking brakes and I honk the horn and this fucking kid turns and looks right at me and gives me the finger. Oh Jesus. And goes, fuck you like that. I put my car in park right in the middle of the main road of my town. <laughs> and I was out the door in about a second. And this kid took off running across a little park. And I fucking chased him down through the park. <laughs> I ran. I ran up. I caught him. And I fucking grabbed him. And I threw him up against the wall. And I just fucking screamed at him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you walking in front of a moving car? What if I hadn't been looking? I would have fucking run over you. And then you give me the fucking finger and say, fuck you to me, you little motherfucker. <laughs> Screaming at yeah. this kid. I got him up against the wall by the neck. And then I'm like, slowly, I'm like, <laughs> looking around, you know. Like, <laughs> and I, I look around, there's all these people are sitting out on these benches. It's a really nice day. They're all sitting there eating. And, like, <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, oh, my God. <laughs> What's wrong with this crazy guy? He's like, he's going to kill this kid. And I go, uh, so I just realized that I should not be doing what I'm doing. Right. As completely wrong as that fucking kid was, I should not have chased him across the park and slammed his ass into the wall. So I, I go, at least in the eyes of all the people who are just seeing that part. So I go, uh, I go you got to be careful. You got to be more careful than that. Right. You don't know who you're dealing with. You might get some crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I go back to my car and get in the car and drive off. <laughs> you might get some crazy guy. 
He's like, yeah, like you, you fucking lunatic. But, I mean, just oh, that's so funny. Kid. That's the type of thing. That's blatant. Like, I get angry if I hold the door for someone and they don't say thank you. Oh, dude, I tweeted one day. I remember I was doing what do you a, say? You're welcome. I was doing a shoot with uh, I was shooting a web series with Nikki Glazer, and it was the day before we started shooting. And I tweeted, I tweeted, just held a door for a lady in my apartment building, and she didn't say thank you. Hey, cunt, I don't work for you. <laughs> and Nikki wrote back, can't wait to work with you tomorrow. It sounds like you're in a really good place. <laughs> Shit like that used to hey, set me off. Dude. Hey, cunt. <laughs> but you want to talk about, like, but I, you know, like, here's, this was a wake-up call for me. Because okay. I get road, I get real, I used to get really bad road rage. I still get it. Um, but I don't get it as bad. One time I, with Same my, with me. With my mom and dad in Brooklyn on my birthday. They came up to see me for my birthday. We're having like this are, nice are day. Are you angrier when you're with your parents? Way. Like, like 10 and Especially times. if they're in the car with you? Oh, my God. 10 times. both of your stories started that way. Yeah. Dude, I'm in the car with my parents. We're in Brooklyn. We're in this you know, tiny little... What? I'm angrier when I'm with your parents as well. <laughs> <laughs> they're angry when they're with you. They don't care for it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we're in this tiny little street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right. All is peaceful. One with one lane going one way and one going the other and no room for anything else. This is just a one way, buddy. <laughs> oh, okay. This is your standard oh, one just way. Just one way. Yeah. Okay. Two lanes going one way yeah. or one lane going one way? One lane going one way. Okay. Car behind me gets irritated that I'm doing the speed limit, pulls right. around me in the narrow space between me and the parked cars, sl like slams on the gas, almost sideswipes us. Right. Dude, I got so mad, I started chasing the guy through the streets. I'm doing like 65 through these Brooklyn streets trying to catch the guy. My mom is screaming at me, stop right. it, stop it, stop it. And I think I'm right. And I'm like, I'm doing this for you. This is, I'm doing this for you, right? So, and I, and I really think for that I'm- For the good of all mankind. Yeah. So then I real and then, so then here's the wake up call part. I watched that movie, The Iceman, about the serial killer. Right. There's a scene in that movie where he's with his family and a guy cuts him off and he chases the guy all through the streets as his wife screams at him to stop. Right. And I was like, and he doesn't get why she's yelling at him. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm not on the right. You don't ever want to see something the Iceman did and go, oh, I relate to that. Yeah, I can relate. Well, dude, <laughs> ever watch Dexter? Yeah. Uh, who do you relate to most on the show? because <laughs> i know who it is for me i don't even want to answer it <laughs> it's dexter that's the crazy thing about it and that's kind of that's very similar you know obviously we're not out killing killers but we're out fighting you know we think we're fighting for some sort of uh, social justice and we're just sick against uh no we're also <laughs> not right sick. No, I agree. We're also right, but it, but is it is it worth it? I agree. Well, I that's I I do think that rage can be justified. It's absolutely justified. I think it's a natural thing, and I think that a lot of the people that give Why rage. Why don't you read a passage about it? Uh, I kind of am. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. Oh, really? I, I well, it's a note I made <laughs> earlier that I wanted to bring up, which is I think a lot of people that give rage a bad rap are often the people that uh, that don't want to be called out on their own shit. There are people that are there. Oh, right. They're are, like, hey, take it easy. Yeah, they're very What's aloof. What's a big deal? So you, uh, you know. Very selfish, very aloof people. And right. then they trigger rage. And then you, and then they go, hey, man. And it's like, no, dude, I'm calling you yeah. out on your shit what right now. What are you getting now. so angry about? You're like, you know exactly what I'm getting so angry about. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Exactly. The people who are like, oh, 
arguing against it are usually the ones that are causing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, man. They're the same people, yeah. Totally, totally. What Now, what, what was the age where you started to, you know, calm down a bit? Because for oh, me, it was... Thank God, I thought you were going to ask me something else. No, for me, <laughs> what do you think I was going to ask Joe, you? Joe, this is... It's a totally different show. <laughs> I was about what thirty was the age when you first started to uh, <laughs> masturbate. Have thoughts about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. I know. When I started to calm down. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was mid thirties. It was like thirty five, thirty six. Uh, I think it was maybe a little bit earlier than that for me. But I had, you know, I got in trouble. I fucking, I don't know if you did either, but my temper got me in trouble a lot. And in what I, way? In a lot of ways, I got, I lost jobs over it. I oh, let's talk about that. I uh, I if I if someone had a job that I worked for them mistreated me, I would just tell them to go fuck themselves and quit. You just walk out. Just walk out. Fuck you. I'm leaving. Wow, and, I love it. Uh, you know, that's actually an interesting story. Like by the time I was like 18, I had worked or 20. I had worked like 30 something different jobs, uh-huh. and I would always just quit if I didn't like it. Somebody there was tr- mistreating me or mistreating other people or like there was anything really genuinely kind of awful about it. I would just say, I'm quitting. Right. I, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm actually in a group where I can, I can do that. I don't have to, you know, I'm in high school. Right. My parents have gotten food and things covered. I don't have to work a shitty job if I don't want to. So right. why would I? Right. But so I would always quit. And my mother would always say, you can't just keep quitting all these jobs. And I would say, why not? <laughs> why not, Mom? Right. And she would say, well, you just can't. Right. And I'd be like, well, you know, actually, I can. I am. <laughs> and I, I will. I can. I am. I did. And I stand by it. And then, like, years went by. And uh, I got a call from my mom one day. And she's laughing. I'm like, what's, what's up with you? What's going on? She's like, I just quit my job. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding. She goes, no. And you're totally right. <laughs> She goes, you're totally right. Feels great. It feels great if you're working, you know, being mistreated or overworked or whatever. And just say, you know what? I'm leaving. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's just a side story. I mean, it's not it's not really to the rage, you know. Well, it but it but it is because it tells us that, you know, this is something you've had going since you were much younger. Right. Oh, yeah. I was I was the same way when I was younger. I. I would just be like, I'm not fucking doing this, man. You know, this is bullshit. I deserve better than this. Yeah. You know, with no justification <laughs> to throw down that gauntlet. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm not doing this, man. Fuck, yeah. fuck you, man. Yeah. Uh, but where where does yours, what do you think planted the original seeds for yours? Because for me, it was, it was I think, being adopted, abandonment issues, insecurity, you know. I am you, not adopted, but I... Other than that, it's probably the same stuff: abandonment issues and insecurity, and and uh, also, are you the youngest? I'm the only. You're the only. Okay. Yeah, I was the youngest kid, so it, you know, it kind of happens that everyone sort of gangs up. They don't realize it. They don't mean to, but everyone, right. you know, the young. You're the youngest one. A good part of your life, every time you open your mouth, everybody's like, "No," or <laughs> "Stupid," right. or you know, whatever. Right. And then you just kind of, it's hard to really be heard. And uh, I don't know. So I think it probably came from in there somewhere. But that, really, dude, I was a dreamer of a little kid. Now that we're thinking about it, I was a total dreamer. Mm-hmm. I was a happy kid who was just a, a daydreamer, you know? Right. And my parents always t- 
told me that, you know, everything was okay. Like, it, you know, they, and then you just got to a certain age and like, no, nah, you know, no, it isn't. Right. Everything's not okay. Right. It's not a fucking dream world. It's not what I thought it was. And you're speaking my language. And then that, and I know that that is where my real anger came from. Because, like, realizing that, you know, there's so much awful shit in the world. Right. Like, even the basic day-to-day for a lot of people is pretty fucking awful. Right. Even people that have it uh, really good, relatively speaking. Right. Their day-to-day sucks. It's funny. People are emotionally uh, crippled and, and relationships are difficult. And so much of life is fucking eating and sleeping and shitting. And there's not that much more to it. Right. So, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. There's just a, there's like a, re- a reality that you don't see as a little kid. That you come out and 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 then you go, oh, there's right. a lyric from a song. It was a, I think it was a Blind Melon song. We thought it was that it would be the land of milk and honey, and we've come to find out that it's all hate and money. And that all that always just resonated with me as capturing that feeling. Right, that's where my fucking anger comes from. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because I'm it, right in my act right now. I have a big chunk about anxiety because I'm going to therapy to deal with anxiety right now because right. I have very bad anxiety. And one of the things I talk about is is how you you know like I blame you blame your I blame my family for my anxiety. Right. And one of the things I say is be, they they say your family will say we can you can trust us you can trust us and I go no I can't because you're the people that told me one day everything would work out and that was a dirty fucking lie. You know what, what I mean? It, but what if it still does? Then where are you? Well, because that's kind of how it went for me. Like it was so easy for me to be really angry when nobody knew my name when I was a comic that was struggling and and all that. I'm not saying that's where you are, but then then you know, there's a th- then you succeed, right? And you're like, you kind of I kind of found myself going, well, what can I be angry about now? Because you get addicted to emotions, you get addicted to things like rage. Well, the thing the thing that I the way I elaborate on that concept, and this is something I'm still very pissed off about, is I in the bit I talk about the four pillars that we all got promised as kids, you know, and I won't do the whole bit. But but like the four pillars are uh, job security, government, uh, marital stability and God. Those are the four things that were promised to me as a kid. How many of those are left? There's none. <laughs> There's none. There's none. Yeah. There's none. But I was promised that I could count on all four of those things. And no matter what, that was going to be my safety net. If you made the right choices and you did the right things, then those things would be there for you to fall back on. Yeah. And yeah. like and like and one by one, they just fell by the wayside. I've experienced none of them. I'm doing my dream job, but there's zero security in it. Right. I have panic borderline panic attacks every other day that I'm going to like be homeless one day and stuff, you know, well, you like could take a little bit of comfort in knowing that there's not really any job security anywhere. Well now. Know? Yeah. And right? it's even more doomed. It's not now. like it got better for us. No, it's the, the playing field is kind of leveled. It's hard. That's why there's so many more people doing things like we're doing. I think it's, going after dreams, like being a comedian or a musician or an artist, people are like, well, there's no, allure of a good secure life being an insurance salesman yeah i'll do what i really want to fucking do you know i think we really i think we this country like truly is on the brink of entropy like it's it really is about to collapse because everything here has been so exposed and the playing field has been so evened Mm -hmm. and once you have your political leaders and your your sacred people or whatever 
being exposed 24 hours a day through the internet and tweeting and and just being normal you're, you're that's a bad you need that illusion dude you need that like wizard of oz illusion going yeah. where you think there's like a greater power that but dude like the internet right if all the walls are broken down but so what do you i mean entropy fancy word i like it i know what it means but what do you mean specifically like what's what's going to happen like how is it i think i just I mean, think has it, hasn't everything kind of already happened and, and i then think we're just still sitting here i think ultimately yeah <laughs> I, th- well, I mean? like, maybe but i think ultimately what will happen is we'll become like a truly classist what is that called sorry caste system society yeah like india where there's going to be people that are well off in like high rise apartment buildings and people that have right. nothing. I think the and middle the class nothing at all is going to just continue to disappear. Dude, there's almost I mean, think about it, man. Like the middle the class is becoming more and more non-existent every yeah. day. And yeah. that's what happens when a system breaks down. You have people with nothing and people with everything. And that's why I get so goddamn scared. I'm like what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm not married. It's like, and right now I'm doing well in my career, but that could end, dude. And it's like, I don't have live forever money. Right. Not even close, you know? So that yeah. scares the shit out of me, man. Well, I wish I could tell you something that would make you feel better. There's nothing to make me feel better. We're doomed, Ben. We're doomed. We're all doomed. <laughs> and the that's why I'm that angry. happen to us is we'll grow old and die. <laughs> I call Keith <laughs> Robinson all the time and tell him like, well, let's get a house like let's just buy a house together you me and a couple other guys just so we have a place just so just we in have case. some community and a, a place that we could always go <laughs> in case the shit goes down guy's gonna put it centrally located in like memphis oh my god man it's i'm uh, but i'm in therapy for all this stuff now i'm taking prozac like i, I had prozac to. oh yeah i had to i think legally you were supposed to tell me that before i let you in here uh well i have my card that says i'm okay what is uh, prozac what does it do to you um you know i be I, funny if you just started snoring right after i asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do to you um <laughs> joe joe the way i describe it is um I've actually said this on a previous episode of the podcast, but I think this yeah. is the best description of it. Okay. It clears the junk out of your head. And what I mean by that is, like, the, here's the analogy I would make the way Prozac worked for my life, is every day is, like, kind of the same task. You know what I mean? Like, day to day, your life doesn't vary that much. You have to get up and achieve something. So I look at it like every day you wake up and somebody says to you, you got to paint this room. Floor to ceiling, whole thing. It's got to be done by the end of today. Great. When I wasn't on Prozac, I felt like I was being given that task, and I'd go into the room, and there was shit all over the floor. I didn't have any paint. I didn't have any brushes. And I couldn't approach the job I needed to do with any sort of clear perspective because all I could focus on was the other bullshit that was getting in my way. Whereas once I started taking Prozac, I felt like I was walking every morning into the empty room and it was like, here's your paint, here's your brushes, let's go. And I could just start wow, from that's like pretty a, cool. you know, a clear place, you know. Um, so it helped me. It helped me greatly. But, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't mean I think it's for everybody. Right, right. But it calmed me down. Like I was in. That sounds pretty cool, dude. I was in a parking lot the other day. Some good clarity. Parking lot is a theme, dude. Yeah. yeah, this was another supermarket one, but this is like right, your right. story. I was driving. This girl just walked out in front of me because people right. do that all the time in L.A. They do it all the time everywhere now. And I slammed on my brakes 
and I go, what the fuck? Like, like just like through my windshield or whatever. Right. And she looks at me. She's with her boyfriend. She looks at me and I go and she just she's just staring at me like real smug. And I go, right. go, just go, go. And I'm waving to her and she walks. She keeps walking. And when she gets like right directly in the middle of my car, right. she does a curtsy. She did a little bow. Yeah. And I and I drove off and I was like, the <laughs> fact that I didn't roll down my window and yell something at her was like right. a huge step forward for me. I agree, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean. But the like to me, the problem is, the problem is you still, you didn't not yell because it didn't make you angry. Well, but I think that's kind of like what. You didn't yell because you exercised some restraint, but you still right. felt angry about it. I think anybody would feel angry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's not a criticism. My point right. is that you still have that rage there without the outlet for that, you know, of yelling at the person and saying, "What the fuck is your problem?" Well, then you get it out and then you don't carry it around. Okay. Right? Well, so you didn't yell at her and you're probably maybe you're better off for that or or that's a step in the right direction as far as like things that are socially uh acceptable. Right. But, but was it healthier for you to suppress your rage out of politeness or social etiquette? It was, yeah, I definitely think it was healthier for me to not yell, you fucking cunt, out the window at her. I think it was. And okay. I, dude, trust me when I tell you, every part of me wanted to, wanted to turn my car around, park, go into the supermarket, find her, and be like, you're a fucking asshole. You walked out in front of my car. I wanted to do what you did with that kid in the park. I wasn't going to, I didn't want to grab her. But I'm right. just saying, like, I want it, like, justice to but be so served. You, you still had the anger. But then it went away. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the thing I was. When did it go away? Like, 10 minutes later. Right. So you just sat with it. Yeah. And it, but until it was gone. The thing that I, I read. I that a lot at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's what the thing at the top that I read said. It said, like, rage is what happens before deliberation. Right. Deliberation. Anger is deliver. It can take place during deliberation. You can sit there and go through, you know, okay. This, 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 I shouldn't do this. This would be the outcome of that. That'd be bad. I'm better than that. Da, 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 da. Right. You can still be angry through all that. Right. But at the end of the day, like rage gets you when you throw that shit aside and then you got a kid jacked up against a wall somewhere or you're yes. punching a window yeah. of somebody's car. You yeah, know? totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do now, though? To, to, to We talked a little bit about this last night. You were, I was saying, like, if you get really mad about something, what do you do? And I think you said you go outside and smoke cigarettes or something. I would go out and have a cigarette if I get really upset or angry about something. Uh huh. But, you know, obviously that's not healthy either. But rather than uh, reacting, you know, I think that's what, we're, what you were just talking about. Like if you just do something in the moment that your rage hits you. Right. Then you're reacting. You're not thinking. And you step outside and you go, yeah, all right. I try to take a step away. Like I, I mean, when I was younger, I, I developed some warning signs for myself. Like if I start to do this, then I, I can, I can tell that that's the beginning of me starting to lose my temper. And, right. And then, then you're able to stop it. You know, if you see it coming, you step out. I just call it stepping out. Whatever situation I'm in, that it's going to make me lose my temper. Right. Uh, I just step out. Right. So whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm, scenario I'm in, I, I just get out of it. Right. 
momentarily and then go, okay, relax, dude. Yeah. Take it easy. You know, Marin has a Marin, Mark Marin has a funny bit about that. It's just a part of the bit where he talks about getting into a fight with his girlfriend. Right. And he says like, he says, and anybody that knows once anybody that suffers from this knows that once you get going, it, it's not stopping anytime soon. Right. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. so that's what's so important about recognizing those those warning signs is because right. then you can go, OK, if I don't if I ignore this this warning shot across the bow right now, I'm going to be like 10 ticks down the rage road in, yeah. in like 10 seconds, man, where you, you know, yep. you just and, wanna, then you're, and then you're in it and you can't just turn around and go back. Right. You have to ride it out. Did having a kid so you have to you? ride it out anyway. Right. You could just do it in different ways. Right. Like. Drive right. away and slowly cool off. Right. Or, you know, get caught up in it and actually let it happen and yell at somebody. But here's here's something that people like us and Mark uh, often overlook. In in those scenarios, there's not just the extremes. Right. There's a middle area. Yeah. You don't either have to be quiet right. and filled with a silent rage. <laughs> Or shout at a total stranger for some stupid fucking shit they did. You could do the middle of the road thing and go up to them calmly and say, look, I, I'm, you shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, I don't know why you think that it was all right to do that. Or, listen, man, that's not a, that's not a cool thing to do. Yeah, like, there's a middle of the road. Yeah. Like, there's not, keep it to yourself until it's killing you inside. Or, or choke a stranger against the wall. Right. There's a rational discussion with another human being that is the middle of the road and is often the right answer. Because, yeah. because then you don't end up with the shit and you don't end up in the county jail. Yeah, exactly. You don't, need to, you don't end up in jail or with cancer. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. Yeah, the gray area, I think, is always the right, the right choice. And it's hard to do, and I think especially it's, it's especially hard to do for guys like us that have like these sort of respect issues or whatever you want to call them, because I, I don't know I, if I can speak for you or not, but like for me, you want to go to the angry place when you confront, because before you even approach the person, your head is already going, they're just going to act like they didn't do anything wrong, right. and I got to fucking right. let them know they did. And, right. and then it's just bad. But it is amazing. Like, I have at times, like, just gone, like, calm down, calm down. I've gotten way better, like, with my friends to be like, it's not going to do me any good to talk to them right now about this. I have to cool right, off. Right. And then I call cool them and I'm first, like, yeah. hey, man, I'm just, I'm just like, kind of, this is kind of like upsetting me. And it's totally fine. And it's, yeah. not, and I'm like, wow, yeah. two years ago, that would have been a screaming match. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? just, but then you figure it out. Yeah. You can actually just talk to most people, especially friends and family. People, I think, get really angry and and and, uh, and pissed off at their friends and their family a lot, and they don't say anything about it. Whereas, you know, it's your family, right? Just go to them and go, "Look, this isn't cool. We right. need to talk about this. This doesn't work." Right, and that's a much better way to go. Like, well, speaking of family, did having a kid mellow you? Was that? Yeah, one yeah. The- you asked me that before. Sorry, I forgot. That's uh, okay. Yes and no. I think it mellowed me a lot. It changed a lot of shit. Like. Everything's different when you have a kid, for real. Like, it, it mellowed me. It definitely mellowed me a lot and, and put uh, put things into perspective mm-hmm. as far as, like, what's really important. And, and, and like, getting into, uh, into arguments and, and possibly into, like, 
physical altercations with with people is the idea of that happening is like it's different when i was a 20 year old man uh i didn't have any embarrassment about that type of thing mm-hmm. and it didn't you know and there didn't seem to be a lot of consequences mm-hmm. short of maybe getting clocked or you know getting punched in the eye or whatever which is no big deal then but now it's like well you know what what would uh how would I feel if I was having one of these things where I'm losing my fucking temper and I'm shouting at somebody and fighting with someone right? and my children are watching? They're going to be scared of me, right. for one, and that's not cool. Right. That is not cool at all. So no. it, it, the answer is yes. It definitely has mellowed me a lot. You know, Does, do, Have your relationships mellowed you? You were married and now you have a serious girlfriend. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that affects it quite a bit too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're in a healthy relationship, then you have a much better shot of, of having some sort of emotional stability. And if you, I mean, if you want to go a little deeper into this whole rage thing, like for me, I, I was in, like emotionally just sort of bankrupt for a long time, just shut down. Right. I didn't have emotions. I had, it's like the line from Midnight Run. You got two. You got yeah. two emotions: silence and rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's and my favorite line in the movie. That's great, right? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, there's so many great lines in that movie. That line you're in my... making it very hard for me to do the right thing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I love when De Niro goes. I got two words for you. Shut the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, we'll have two <laughs> words for you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Such a fucking great movie. But you got two, he says you got two modes or two states, silence and rage. Yeah. And that's what I had. And that means whenever you have another emotion, whether you're sad or, you know, hurt or embarrassed right. or ashamed, whatever those things are, mostly hurt and uh, abandoned or right. those things, they never get processed. Right. They get buried. And what comes out is rage. Right. And so you just have them in there. But rage is the only place you know how to go, right? So you just go there for everything, right? But it, it you know, but so then for me it's different. I, I've gotten to a level of emotional maturity. I don't want to say I'm completely emotionally mature because I'm not. I'm still kind of like, well, I feel shit now, and this is weird, right? And it sucks. It really fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah, I just feel like shit right now, and I know well enough that that's just what it's going to be until it passes, right? But so. Everything doesn't lead to rage for me, and that is due to having been in good, healthy, loving relationship with my girlfriend, right? And coming to understand these things and therapy. Honestly, I went through some therapy about things, right? And figured out that that's what was going on, right? And uh, what I'm trying to signal to lift the mic up a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, no, Don, that's way too close. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, you just set it down. Um, uh, that's so funny. I was trying to. Send you. <laughs> You're trying to give me a. a a slick signal while we're on. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you doing, Joe? <laughs> you look disgusted, and it was making me nervous. Oh, did I really? A little bit. You were just I'm staring at me like, talking about emotional what? maturity, yeah. and then I just lose my shit on you. <laughs> God damn it, DeRosa, you piece of shit. I'm in the middle of something here. <laughs> no, Go ahead, sorry. So no, no, you went to cool, therapy. So I did. I went through some. I went through a divorce a few years back, uh, several years back now, but hard stuff to deal with you know like and just feeling like i said feeling emotion is different right it's scary 
It is. Some days still, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I was better off when I didn't feel anything. I'll but you, I wasn't. It's, it's better to actually feel. I'll tell you <laughs> what, man. Yeah, it, it is better. And I'll tell you what. It's, um, it's an amazing thing. Like, and, and this is something that has been a product of the therapy and the Prozac. Like, I'm now... Dude, it's crazy right now for me because, like, I'm, like, feeling things I haven't felt in a long time. Right. That are very positive. Like, because yeah, I, was, yeah. I was the silence and rage guy, too. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, today, just a dumb little thing, but it was, like, it was, like huge to me. Uh, I was out with my friend Vince, and we were getting tacos at this place. Right. And the tacos were awesome. And I went back into, the, like, the little kitchen part where you order because I wanted to get some extra salsa, and I'm filling right. this cup up with salsa and the guy's there and i was like hey man the tacos are amazing dude they're really good thank you right, and he was right. like oh thank you thank you senor and i go yeah dude they're great man and like before i just wouldn't have done that i would have been like i i don't i, I wouldn't have even i just would have eaten them and not said anything or yeah and it wouldn't have occurred to me to like try to like make this guy feel good and let him know that he's doing great work you know yeah. what i mean like yeah yeah but like even like small talk like just making small talk smiling at people Dude, yeah. I, like I'm like, holy shit! I used to be like this. I used to like smile and make small talk with people. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, I just have some little friendly kind of nice shit to say to somebody. Been out of it, dude. Been out Whatever of it for a it long is. time. Well, that's also like, dude, living in New York. Well, can, yeah, that can take that out of you easily because nobody really does that shit in New York. Everyone's in too much of a hurry. I think that's the most of it. Like everybody likes to, you know say that new yorkers are assholes and they're rude and gruff and whatever and like in every movie there's the new yorkers are like hey, fuck you you know yeah yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but i think really everyone's just in such a fucking hurry that they and they don't even realize it they just don't well you just know, get annoyed if you're slowing them down at all new york they just get irritated so there's there's no room for the small talk the friendly you never walk into a shop in new york and they're like hi how are you right you walk into a shop and they just look at you yeah, New York is. <laughs> they don't say anything. New York is an ant colony, and it 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 moves yeah, like yeah. It, it moves with like factory precision. So the second you hold up the line, you're right. setting the whole city back, and that's why people yeah. are like, "Get the fuck out of my way," yeah. because it's just gonna fuck the whole day up for everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. people. Somebody described New York really well once. I, they said they said when you're on your way somewhere, everybody's an asshole, but once you get there, everybody's really nice. <laughs> and I do agree with that. Like. It's basically the same thing that I was just saying about yeah. just, people are just in a hurry and trying to get where they're going and do what they need to do. I knew bartenders in New York. And it's crowded. Yeah, like I had friends, like I had, you had you had your regular guys in New York that you went to. Yeah, absolutely. Remember Louie at Caroline's? You know, I go in, Louie. Yeah, yeah. This guy's the best bartender in New York City. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. You know, like, right, it right. Was like you had your guys like that, but like. But you, you, no one has that off the bat in New York. No, yeah. If you, you walk into your... a place in Tennessee, they'll say, "Hey, how you doing? Come on in," and they'll and you'll have a little chat with them, right? But the first time you go into a place in New York, you don't have that. Like you'll you could get it. You go to the place uh, like regulars. Like maybe that's the point you were just going to make. But yeah, I no, know. I agree with you. I agree with you there. I'm and just I... saying New York is a factor in us having behaved that way. Absolutely. For a while. Well, so is comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. it's it's not. We didn't just move to New York at a vulnerable age. Your, your early 20s are a vulnerable age. No shit. But we moved yeah. to New York at a vulnerable age and then also jumped headfirst into this comedy thing. So yeah, now you're yeah. you're doing this. Headlong. Yeah. You're just getting the shit kicked out of you every day. 
mm. by the city that you live in, by the people that live in the city, sometimes literally, uh, and then also by the job that you're trying to pursue. So, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. have to build up such a thick skin yeah. that you're just like, you, you want to be bulletproof. Right. And, well, a lot of us in comedy were, were, you know, dealing with some of those types of issues beforehand anyway. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm happy to hear you're a healthier man. I'm happy to hear you're a healthier man. Now, let's go out and kick the shit out of some strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go find some people who are doing shit a little bit off. But this is and what teach them a fucking lesson, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cross against the fucking signal? <laughs> you wait for the little guy. You wait for the fucking little guy to come up. <laughs> you wait for the little man, little man. <laughs> you see a little white dude on this fucking sign right now. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> this is what New York. We can we can kind of wrap it up here. But this is what New York will do to you as a comic. Uh, we talked about the rage costing us things. Right. And I, I want to end with my favorite Ben Bailey story. Uh, but so le <laughs> oh, Jesus, leading us into be? that is is I used to flip out. So when the, Remember they used to have the Laugh Factory in New York? It's uh, gone now. It's yeah. a haunted house now. Is it really? Yeah, it's called Time Scare, I think. I don't even know if it's still that. It <laughs> I might don't be care if that's now. true or not. It's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, that, that was true for a while. I don't know if it's still there. Anyway. I flipped out so bad in that club. Oh, will so you scream at, at some audience? Oh, late shows, like guys coming in just yelling shit, drunk, whatever. I flipped out so bad I, was, I wasn't allowed to work at the club for like seven months. Wow. And that cost me money. Like I was like a regular guy. That was where I was getting most of my spot money in New York. Right, right. But like that's what New York would push you to that brink where you, like I, I've never seen anybody in L.A. flip out on stage. Because it's just a different vibe. You're in your car. You drive to the gig. You do the right. show. Everybody. We we're talking about it last night. The yeah, audience. They're very supportive. Yes, yeah, kind of supportive. Like the worst audience that you encounter in L.A. is they just kind of aren't connected or they're a little like daft or something. But like right. New York, like New York, they will yell at you. Yeah. And ruin your fucking week. Yeah. And it'll bring you to a place of very irrational behavior, which brings me to my favorite Ben Bailey story. <laughs> oh, no. At the original Gotham Comedy Club, not not the one that exists now, but their first venue, which for those of you that have never been there, um, it's well, it's now called the Metropolitan Room. You can go and look at it. and Yeah, it still looks the same, doesn't it? It looks the same. That was one of my I loved doing sets in that room. I loved it because yeah. it was so small. It was such a tight stage room. Stage was up high. High so, stage, small room. When yeah. you killed, you felt it in your chest. I mean, oh, it was just it was, energy. It was great. And... But the way the stage was situated, I can't imagine what this story is going to be. I, I, I've told you this before, oh, like, okay. but like the way the stage was situated it was high enough that your foot was at the same level as the person's face in the front row. Oh, now I know what story it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you were on stage one night and I was watching you and this guy in the front just kept fucking talking man he just kept <laughs> fucking talking to you and you kept being like shut up dude i'm serious shut up stop talking to me and then uh and then finally you go listen to me man if you don't shut the fuck up i'm gonna kick you in your fucking face and the guy starts laughing and you go i'm not joking i'm not joking i'm gonna kick you in your fucking face if you don't shut the fuck up guy's still laughing you go dude i see you laughing I need you to understand. I'm not joking. I'm going to kick you in your fucking face. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. This guy is going to have a bloody face in two seconds. 
And then by the grace of God, through the grace of God, he just stopped finally. <laughs> he got the hint. I was like, Ben is going to kick this fucking guy. I started. To, that's really funny, dude. Because like every time I'm back in this in New York and hanging out at the cellar, uh, some stories come up. You know, I always had a reputation for you know doing that sort of thing and and not not taking shit and going right to physical violence <laughs> with, <laughs> with a heckler. Like I'm like, yeah, you you throw one heckler into the men's room and you get a reputation. But <laughs> God, Godfrey always likes to point out like. Uh, some line. I used to do this line, and everybody messes it up. I used to do a line. I'd say if somebody was heckling and talking and just being a total dick, right? I'd be like, "Oh, do you like impressions?" Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, good, because if you keep talking, I'm gonna leave an impression of the bottom of my boot on your <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Such a cheesy, like, That's like B movie action star line. That's great. But I loved it. And they, everybody always misquotes it, but that was the line. And I don't know if I did that line that night or if I was just literally, like, warning that dude, like, don't push me beyond this point or I'm going to do something that's going to suck for everybody. And really, I'm going to kick you in the fucking face. I don't remember and if you did that line. Really awkward in here for right. a long time. Right, right. <laughs> you ever see that thing with a guy with a comic with a guitar? I'm sure you yeah. have. Yeah. yeah, I've watched it a million times. Yeah, it's a clip. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> yeah, the a comic, the guy. There's a guy heckling him. He's got a guitar. The guy's like, the, he gets up, he starts walking towards the stage, and the guy's like, "Don't come any closer. I'm going to hit you with this guitar." The crowd eggs the guy on. They cheer for him they to do cheer it. For him to do it. Sure enough, he fucking does it. <laughs> you see it. You see it. Just until it goes off camera, and then you hear the friggin' yeah, and then the guy comes back, and you're like, "Did he do it?" And then you're like, "Yeah, that's not the whole guitar. That's right, right. That's just the front." Yeah, and the crowd immediately turns <laughs> they on. They turn on him, and he goes, "Oh, come on, you saw it!" And they're like, "No." <laughs> it's one of my oh, favorite clips dude, in the world. I felt so bad for that guy. I love it, so but much. like that's where you are if you lose your temper on stage. You don't. You don't win any, you know, unless it's funny, you don't win any favor with the crowd. No. You know, and it's sometimes it's, if it's just angry and not funny, then you just leave yourself in a terrible spot. And that's that's how it hurt me early on. I would yell at crowds at the cellar. Yeah. And Esty, it held me back. Esty, they didn't pass me there for a long time, and it was because they were, you know, they yeah. didn't know if I was going to fucking lose my temper on the crowd. That fucked me up forever. That yeah. fucked me up forever. Mike DiStefano, long before he died, told me he was like joey i see what you're doing and i used to do that it, dude it's getting you nowhere good you got to stop and oh I, wow that's I cool yeah that was like what made me stop it took he had me been a long doing time. comedy for one week when he gave you that advice <laughs> <laughs> i used to do that thursday <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was uh it was it but it but it helped man it helped that's so, awesome that's uh, really great you know well look we're both doing well yeah, yeah, we're doing well. We're healthier. Good. Happier. Healthier, happier, older, maybe older, wiser. Maybe wiser, yeah. You want to plug anything? Uh, I'll just tell people that I am Real Ben Bailey on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a new special that's coming out sometime soon, whenever I finish the editing. I believe it's going to be called Thanks for Coming Out. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure of that yet. But okay. it's coming soon. Uh I feel like there's something else I should plug, but I don't really know what it is. All right. Well, I'm, not, I'm not great at marketing, but follow me on Twitter and uh, yeah. and like me on Facebook. And uh, and yeah, send me a message and say hello and come Beautiful. out and see me sometime. 
Yeah, follow Ben on Twitter. Go out and see him live. You will not be disappointed. And uh, come see me live as well, uh, December, southern region stuff. Oh, when is this going to come out here, Joe? Monday. You post it tomorrow? Yeah. All right, I'll be at the uh, at the Improv on Melrose in Hollywood on Thursday night. There you go. I'm doing the parlor tonight, uh, Monday night. That go. show at the parlor on Melrose. A place called the State Social House on Wednesday. Doing uh, Doug Loves Movies, Doug Benson's podcast right. on Tuesday night, the next one of those. There you go. I got some stuff, some that's local a, stuff go. going on. Yeah, that's all L.A. stuff. That's all L.A. I'm going to be in Seattle. I'm going to be in St. Louis. I'm going to be in Virginia Beach. I, you know, I got stuff coming up. So. What's your website? My website is therealbenbailey.com. All right. So check that out for Ben's dates. Go and see him. And, uh, yeah, that actually reminds me. I have important shows I need to plug for L.A. this week. Plug them up. Friday dude. night, Joe DeRosa and friends at the Comedy Store. Come out for that. Uh, and then Saturday, can I kick it? Uh, returns. Yes, you can. It <laughs> returns to meltdown. Uh, Tone Bell, myself, uh, and special guest host Moshe Kasher will be joining us. Um, Hip hop and comedy once again. Come out. Thank you, Ben. 